Up next on Inside the SECA, our Watkins Glen Super Tour Preview. Up next on Inside the SECA, Watkins Glen Super Tour Preview. We're talking about this weekend's race at uh, one of the most iconic racetracks in the United States. Watkins Glen International, either Speedway or Raceway, I can never remember. They change things all the time. My guest today is none other than Chip Hare. How are you? I'm good, Brian. Thanks for having me. How, how do I properly pronounce your last name? Um, it's actually her, but when you say hair, it actually makes me seem faster. Like I'm from <laughs> Europe or something. So uh, I've been, it's been, you know, a little bit different. But uh, then, of course, you have um, hair as far as hair racing, which I, there's, they're spelled differently. Sure. So it's just her. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us. Um, it is always good to have. Uh, someone with your background here on the show and uh, it's uh, you have a long history in racing long before and including the SCCA or at least long before and including now um, and I always like to start the show with talking about that kind of stuff first and the first question I ask all the time is how did you get mixed up in this crazy sport that you love Honestly, it's a it's a love for cars. Um, my family has a, a car dealership, and we've been in, around cars forever. And uh, my dad and his friends, when I was a kid, were autocrossing, and then autocrossing turned to track days. And then they realized they were driving street cars at over 100 miles an hour at Pocono and and different tracks, um, just with a helmet and a regular seatbelt. So they started looking into building. SCCA was the road racing, you know, background for like the Mars series at Summit Point. They built these touring Corvettes, like mid to late eighties Corvettes, and they were racing wheel to wheel. And uh, I was just crewing, you know, I was a 10 to 15 year old kid learning the ropes of crewing and preparation and um, just fell in love with the SCCA and um, the idea of racing and just, just want to drive someday on track. And uh, when I become 16, it worked out well because my dad's friends were 10 years older than him and they were retiring and selling our cars. So my dad's like, well, we'll sell my car. And, Everybody wanted me to race. You know, everybody knew me at Summit. So uh, at 16, I went to driver school at Summit Point, and then I went to Skip Barber for three days and went back to Summit Point, got my license, and uh, kind of, I mean, honestly, um, short story of it, just fell in love with the uh, idea of it's just it's a passion. And then once you get involved, it's hard to let go. And uh, I had no idea where I'd end up. I just looked, what, you know, just did what I love to do. It was just a father, son, family, mom, dad thing, and uh, ended up being a factory driver for Mazda. Um, and drove probably close to 60 or 70 races in World Challenge Touring Car and GT. So, um, yeah, just it, it's been it's kind of crazy. We all start with family and the love for cars, and it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. So between Touring Car and World Challenge and IMSA, uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it it's it, it's been a bunch of wins, a bunch of poles, um, lots of success there. Did you always dabble back and forth between the IMSA, the touring car, and the SCCA, or did you kind of step away from the SCCA when the IMSA and the World Challenge kind of took off? 
So um, it was always SCCA. Um, I saw a lot of World Challenge guys. I really wanted to focus my career on a single driver. And sometimes it's tough when you have a co-driver and you have somebody that might not finish a race where you could have finished because, you know, two pro drivers together. So I love the idea of World Challenge, sprint racing, full send, 50-minute race. I mean, just it's all about you and the car and making decisions, not relying on somebody else. Um, now. I did see some drivers start to switch over to uh, Grand Am at that time for the co-driving and for more opportunities. And I uh, I didn't do that right away. I did do a lot of racing in IMSA in uh, 2011, 2012. But in 2010, um, I ended up racing Dominican Republic. I was doing some driver training in actually World Challenge Touring Cars. And I ended up getting hired down there, and I raced for 2010 to 2019 in Dominican Republic. Uh, basically racing touring cars down there and um it's just a really good racing that they're willing to spend the money to make the cars awesome and light weight and fast and it's a downright dogfight down there i mean those guys they don't want an american coming in and beating up on them so they they roughed me up the first couple races but uh i had some of the best drivers to compete against in uh, world challenge and it didn't didn't you know really bother me at all yeah a lot of people don't understand or don't realize that there is sports car racing in other parts of the world that we don't really know about. I mean, if you're a real big fan, uh, you know about, you know, World Endurance Challenge and 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 all of the stuff in Europe, you know about touring cars in Britain and in Australia. But I, honestly, I didn't even know there was racing in the Dominican until I read your bio. Yeah. Yeah, they, they buy them. Um... Uh, British touring cars and uh, for BTCC, the 2.0 liter touring cars, the Hondas and the uh, the Seat Leons, and they basically bring them over to the DR. And then they were also buying World Challenge touring cars, Mazda sixes, Mazda proteges, um, and then basically just racing against each other in the DTS class, which is the top echelon class down there. Um, they also have an ST class, which is kind of like your MX5, Miata. Uh, Honda Civic hatchbacks, and uh, there was even a Volkswagen Beetle that was uh, down there racing. But um, we called that SD class NASCAR because it was like it's a tight track, not a lot of straightaways. So you almost had a, it felt like circle track racing. You know, I always say the word bump and run, but there's a lot of little nudging and bumping and trying to make moves to get where you need to get. Sure. Um, but I tell you what, the, the experience to go down there for. It was really only like five race weekends. So I was down there for about five weeks and about another two weeks of testing. But it was nice to leave Pennsylvania and go down to the Dominican Republic in 85, 90 degree weather <laughs> in the middle of winter. Um, it was kind of like my little honey hole and Michael Galati, Jeff Altenberg, uh, Pierre Kleinubing, uh, friends and competitors of mine started coming down and competing against me or, you know, um, on the same team and stuff. So it was really neat. I mean, uh, it's just an experience that, you know, I can say I did, and I won a championship in 2014 and runner-up in 15. So it was, uh, to say you're an international cha touring car champion is pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what did you learn down there that you're able to bring back to your World Challenge and, and IMSA type stuff? Um, I learned a universal language is the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> All jokes aside, though, uh, the racing's exact. I'm sorry. No, I love it. That's great. Uh, no, um, 
and thumbs up. Um, if you don't know fluent Spanish, thumbs up is all good for pictures and fans. I, I took um, uh, four years of Spanish in high school, and I can ask for the. Uh, I can order a beer and ask for the bathroom. Where the bathroom is, and those are the yeah. two. They, they go hand in hand, and and that's all I needed to know. Exactly. Yeah. Where are the drinks? Where's the bathroom? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, but with the racing down there, um, I guess it it really is just the same. You know, uh, one of the hardest things was when the, uh, the the rules were a little different on their how they ran their situation with like yellow flags and different things. And um, the hardest part for me was the drivers' meetings. <laughs> um, I had to have a translator. Okay. So that was probably the hardest part. But the racing's all the same. And uh, a lot of those guys were actually racing in STU and STL. And um, I became friends with a lot of those guys. And it's really neat to see that uh, the Dominican guys were coming up here to, to Southern, like Miami, Homestead, and Sebring. And then you go into the runoffs, too. So it really brings a whole another group of people that are really dedicated to building a good car and being competitive. Yeah, I didn't realize until I went down to Sebring is that there's a bunch of drivers from, is it Puerto Rico, who come over yeah. to run all those yep. South Florida races? So Puerto Rico has a series also. Um, I had an opportunity almost put together to go down and race in Puerto Rico in a Porsche GT3 Cup car right. just because of the experience I have in the Cup cars. And it didn't get put together for whatever, whether it's funding or whatever it was. But I was interested to, to go down there and just check out what their Caribbean series was like. Uh, at one point, they were trying to make the Dominican Republic and the in uh, Miami Homestead and also Puerto Rico and do a Caribbean series. Oh, that'd be where cool. you would actually race those cars and be a series of different tracks throughout the year. But I think that funding really became an issue and yeah. the shipping of the cars and things and, and maybe even customs. I would say, how many of those cars would have been able to race, let's say, with us in the SCCA as far as rule set goes? Oh, actually, probably all of them. Okay. Um, the only thing I would tell you is the SCCA is way more strict on a uh, safety aspect of sure. things. I mean, the roll cages, the way they're built, uh, some of the safety gear. I mean, I, I think I saw at one point a guy was out in flip flops and shorts on a test day. Uh. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that was just it's just different in the rules. But I, mean, I don't. I've always thought that uh, safety is always number one, and uh, so they were a little bit lax, a little bit lazy on that. But other, I think that's one thing they learned when they came up to the states is they had to, you know, really tidy up on their safety gear sure. on the cars. Sure. Um. So. So you ran, um, you're a, a two-time runner-up at the runoffs. Um, last year, you were, um, you earned our Perseverance Award uh, that we gave out for the podcast. And uh, Yeah, thank you for that. Had to, well, this, we're going to get to the story. We're going we're to talk about why and how you earned it, because um, <laughs> a lot of the times, the, uh, the, um, uh, some of the awards that we give out are, are for, like, winning or being up up towards the front but i really think the perseverance awards that we gave out were were very very well earned um yours in particular all, all of them but uh, your story was pretty interesting tell us tell us how you got that thing so i went to um in my audi stasis built originally built a touring car and it was my plan was to race that car like i did at indy and i was I think p3 or p4 on day one or day two and i really felt like i put a good lap down everything kind of was just really good and then on day 
must have been day two. I, I got bumped back to seven. And my mechanic is one of my best friends. Uh, goes, I need you to go out there. And the way they grid you is how you're, you know, your times, right? So I was right behind uh, the faster cars ahead of me. And the goal was plain and simple. Get a draft. Run the same exact lap I did before, but get a draft. And get all I needed was like three-tenths of a second to move up like three spots. I wanted to get up front because I was afraid seventh place would have, with the power restriction I have and the weight, I would have fell back to like eighth or ninth on the start. And I was, so I basically was like, I'm going to send it and hope for the best. And um, I lost my front grip and turn up top of the roller coaster, or up the uh, up, upper S's, and uh, I got two wheels off in the right. And everybody knows when you go off there, it can it can bite you and shoot you to the inside tire wall and roll you. So I opened the wheel up, and I think I went airborne twice. And long story short, I came back in, and something had broken the transmission, and we were up till just shy of three o'clock in the morning trying to fix it, and. Uh, uh it just i did a hardship lap and it only did one lap and it wouldn't go in gear after that so uh, i was basically without a ride and, and, and three which hours to race which car was that that was the audi okay okay and then that's when anthony had brought the spare car anthony Pacelli, who became a very good friend of mine him and his dad and uh he's a young up-and-comer and he brought it the extra car that i had been using because i had an accident in pit race that year so i used his car to qualify for the runoffs um so i said is that car available and we had three and a half hours to get the car the <laughs> old fuel out from summit point and i had to get registration and go through the process of saying i'm not racing this car I'm starting at the back and of course during that whole time you got hurricane ian going on and um yeah i basically had a car to start in the back i put rain tires on and i thought the only for only place i can go is forward i'm starting dead last but the funny thing is nobody knew what i was doing right yeah, because I don't remember. I think I don't think any of us really were were. We knew you had the off. We knew that we the car was the new car. I think, um, but if you've got to pick a time and a place, you know, I, I I'm I'm some I'm I'm a firm believer in the universe providing the moment. Okay, you're at the runoffs. It is now. Did you guys race on Friday, right? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, last race of the day on Friday, right? No, we actually early in the day. Oh, that's right. Okay, because the yeah, last race early. of the day was crazy. Um, the fact that they even got that one in. But still, uh, in the middle of, of Tropical Storm, Ian, you're driving, I think, the only all-wheel drive car in the field. <laughs> well, Anthony, my teammate, was technically, Anthony had one, and I think there's one other Subaru. Okay, okay. So technically three Subarus were in the race, yeah. Right. So you've got essentially kind of the best package for the conditions um, yeah so my car doesn't my car doesn't have abs okay uh i have a lexan windshield that has a really crappy wiper probably like most touring cars <laughs> and defrost is just well a touring car yeah. uh this car was literally a t a touring two car from phoenix performance that right. built back in the day um so it was a glass windshield abs heater core and it had all-wheel drive yeah and rain tires and did it have the heater core in the, in the defrost system working Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I had everything but heated seats. Like, <laughs> I mean, the car was probably nine and a half seconds off the pace in the dry. Yeah, because of the weight. I mean, a car weighs like thirty-two hundred pounds or something. Yeah, it's a brick. But literally, I didn't care. I just want a chance. Yeah, to race. So and, uh, in in the wet, the, the the weight might have been a help. <laughs> yeah, the ABS was fantastic. Oh man, 
that was great. And and uh, so the end of the first lap, you're like halfway through the field, right? Um, I think if I remember correctly, I was like eight. Okay. From twenty third. And then and then like and it was harder to catch the front guys because they were much quicker. Sure. And they were they were obviously all trying to win, but um, I got lucky a couple times because guys were like kind of going off, and then I was going around them. Come, they were coming back on. So I can't say I passed every car on the racetrack, <laughs> but I stayed on the track and I was able to get up to the front. And I literally thought that we were going to go green. And I know Joe Mosier. He I've become friends with him, and he's a really great guy uh, and a well-deserved champion. And I told him, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm coming for you. He's like, Where, what are you driving? Cause he didn't know. He never saw that blue car before. <laughs> and I was like, well, I started last and I'm, I'm in second. He's like, Oh crap. I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, so when you got to second, how many laps were left? Cause I, with all of the rain, uh, and 15, so- I think it was a 15 lap race and we only did two and a half. Right. No, in, in the whole so- race. Correct. Yeah. So, so you made it to second place in two laps, two and a half laps. The uh, uh, when I was going up the S's, the pace car came out. So it was two and a half laps. I oh. made it to second. I, I, and we were all talking. One more lap, probably. And, oh, I needed three more, three more turns. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I would have come out of Oak Tree, he he would have probably pulled away a little bit. But going going down the roller coaster, I just would he he would have probably had just he, he would have just been trying to just block. You know what right. I mean? But it was only lap number three. So maybe he would just, like, who knows? Never had a chance to, we'll never find out. Right. We'll never know. I mean, a lot of folks who would go from, from last to second at the national championships would be just crushed at that point. But when you do it in two and a half laps, you really can only be nothing but proud, right? I was just lucky to be racing, Brian. Yeah. I mean, that, that's uh, Anthony Baselli and his family. I literally told them, you understand when I drive this car, I'm going to win. Like, I'm going to go win. Like, I'm going to go to win. Um, but you letting me use this car might hurt your son's chance. And I, I had to be honest with them. And they were still very open about me using the car. And so I res- that just goes really far for me. So, um, Is, isn't good that, people. Yeah. Isn't that a lot of what the club is, though? Uh, you mean, like, just having each other's back, yeah. help each other, lending a hand? Absolutely. I mean, also, we're at the national championship, too. So yeah. we're at the race that everybody wants to win. Yeah. And yeah, no and, one's uh, there thinking, I want to give my fastest competitor a car that could beat me. I, again, I can't thank them enough. Yeah. I mean, I made sure in my uh, after race interview that I thanked that family because they could have easily said, no, <laughs> we don't want you to drive that car because we want my son to win or, you know, yeah. whatever. They, when they could, they could have said whatever they wanted. And yeah, they could have just said no. <laughs> they didn't have to yeah, give you a reason. no. Yeah. Yeah, no reason. Yeah. I, just we don't no. think the car's ready. You know, too much work. Sorry about your luck. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough luck. See you next year. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that uh, the, the, the two runner-up finishes has fueled your fire to, to come back and try to do it again, right? Well, every race that we race in the Audi, we analyze what the car is doing, whether it's working with MCS with the shocks or, um, you know, Hoosiers gives me great tires. I mean, they've been fantastic. I mean, anytime I wasn't racing World Challenge, I was probably on Hoosiers with Nationals or or um, back in the day, Grand MST was on Hoosiers. So we're always trying to make the car better. 
it's not you can't just send a letter in and you know get more power or less weight it's not that easy so you have to figure out how to keep uh, making the car better and also reliable basically just trying to get uh be better every race and we, we really are trying the car had to be rebuilt after the pit race accident um in the rain uh we basically stripped the car down to a basically a tub um and we rebuilt the car because it was it was damaged on the left front that hard so we we learned a lot about the car from rebuilding it so 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 what what broke um on the car yeah I basically came over that hill and turned one at a pit race and a uh, Mustang had spun. Okay. And I had nowhere to go and basically took my left front wheel and stuck it into my, almost into my driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> it was like a 91 mile an hour hit. Oh yeah. I actually, uh, compressed three of my vertebrae in my lower back. Ouch. thought that weekend it was done and then uh, the body shop i actually bought another audi from a junkyard and we were able to the body shop was able to make it i mean it's a beautiful job i mean it was expensive but that car is very special to me yeah being the fact that i was the one to help develop that car from a, a, a chassis with a with a roll cage to building a winning seven time winning uh, world challenge touring car right. right and then now i own it personally and it's just a really cool experience it's very it's a very special car to me. Yeah. Uh, which I'm hoping that since I have both Audis, I'm hoping my twin daughters will uh, someday maybe race them. Nice. Well, maybe I can be the cool dad that they let race with them once once in a while. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. That would be yeah. awesome. I have twin daughters and two Audis and SDU. There That'd you go. be pretty cool. There you go. So what's the plan for this year? What, what have you been doing this year? What are you taking to the runoffs this year? Um, I'm, I'm in the Audi. Um, everything's all up to snuff. The car's really good. Uh, I was actually able to, um, I'm the club pro at Summit Point, the Summit Point Drivers Club. Okay. Spent a lot of time there. And, uh, my friend Mark Liller and myself, I've been knocking on the track record there for two years at least. And, uh, Mark's super fast. And, uh, I was chasing him at the majors this couple, a uh, couple weeks ago, whatever. And I ended up lowering the record at Summit. Um, it was like the perfect morning. It rained. It was cool weather. Cars were running great, and the track was clean. And he actually lowered the record. And I, I so did I. Uh. <laughs> but I, 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 my time was faster. But uh, the reason I say that is the car's really good. Um, also, look, Mark's really fast. And with knowing the, how fast the car is at Summit means a lot to me because that couple tenths of a second will transform uh transfer into uh, hopefully a little bit faster those three tenths of a second would go from like seventh to third or fourth at the runoffs if everything would be the same as last year right so um i guess based on just every race again making sure that everything's cross our t's dot our i's and make sure the car is as good as it can be um i have four poles and four wins going into this race this weekend um winning the northeast championship um wasn't really my plan but we're just really just uh, staying clean and making sure we don't have to rebuild a car. <laughs> that was a that was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the car that you were planning to run at the runoffs last year, not the backup car, right? 
That's correct. Got yeah, it. Okay. the backup car still needs uh, finished. But what, one thing we did when we built this car the, uh, this last year, we made parts. We made multiple parts. <laughs> Good so idea. Could, you know what I mean? So it's easier to put the other car together. Sure, sure. Yeah. And did you make contingency plans in case, you know, Hurricane Bob comes through this year? Uh, you mean, I mean, I don't mind driving the Audi in the rain. I just, you know, no, it doesn't we... bother me at all. I mean, it would have been interesting if I started 7th instead of 23rd. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I was just suggesting with the Lexan windshield and the no windshield and the bad windshield wiper and all that stuff. I did. All jokes aside, though, the uh, the Lexan windshield was in a car I don't think was really made for that car. So I did get a hold of a company in okay. Europe that makes a, a Lexan windshield for that sure. car with the perfect curve, so the wiper is going to go. So the wiper should it, fit properly. Oh, it should be. It should be a new, a whole new experience. <laughs> now you're not to mention adding a heating element to defrost. Now, so now you're praying for rain. I I do every race, yeah. and it's been doing that most of the year this year. <laughs> yeah, well that's true. We have had a lot of yeah. a lot of weather for this year's yeah. Super Tour. Um, all right, so now let's get to why we've got you here. Um, Watkins Glen this weekend. Um, tell people what is special about that place because everyone has a different reason for wanting to go to Watkins Glen. What's special there for you? Um, well, I'm, I'm Pennsylvania my whole life, so. Summit Point was my home track, and then I had, I always loved Mid-Ohio for some reason. Sure. But Watkins Glen was not far, uh, and it just is such a, in a touring car, it was fun. But I tell you what, what changed my mind is GT. When I ran World Challenge GT at Watkins Glen, and I was also doing PCA in a Porsche GT3 Cup car, that's what changed my mind of how much I love Watkins Glen. A, a car that does 160, 170 mile an hour. Up the asses, we were just praying it's gonna it's gonna stick. Knowing the walls are gonna could bite you if something would happen. Um, you know they say rain separates the men from the boys. I believe guardrails, like <laughs> it's like a street. It's it really it's like a street race. Yeah. In some parts, and if you do make a mistake, you're probably gonna hit something. Uh, and and, it's just beautiful. And, and I mean, you're probably gonna hit something hard. I mean, yeah, for the it, high speed. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not a lot of of tire barrier. There's not a lot of safer barrier. There's not a lot of runoff in a lot of places. Um, it's kind of old school. Yeah, and it, and not to mention it's a great area. And then you have the restaurants and bars in the town. It's so it's it just the whole racing. It really makes you feel like it's like Seepkins at Road America. Yeah, it's just something that I hope never goes away. All right, so you've already jumped to my last question, and we're going to get to it right now. Because my last question on the Super Tours is, where do, where do I go for dinner on Friday or Saturday night? So what's your, uh, what's your Watkins Glen's re recommendation? So uh, the Lodge is probably number one. I've, I've always been there for after, after uh, race uh, celebrations. We're going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, but uh, most time, I'm always in the motorhome, so I hardly ever leave the track to uh, actually go to dinner. Sure. But, uh, yeah, the, the the lodge would probably be the best. With I mean, just the, the amount of things hanging on the walls you could spend. I mean, you would anybody that has been around SCSA would just like walking around with a cold drink and be like, oh wow, look at those gloves or that helmet or that flag or that, right. you know, stuff has been hanging for I, I don't even know how many years to be honest with you, but a long time. Yeah, I I grew up. Um, well, Road America was my home track. And um, oh, okay. Seepkins is is obviously legendary, and and everyone you know I I'm out in L.A. now, 
And uh, when the runoffs went to Road America the last time, a lot of our folks from out here decided to make the trek out to their first trip to Road America. And I'm like, I know it's going to be crazy. I know it's going to be packed, but find a way to get to Seaports. And uh, yes. no one yeah. ever is mad at me for that recommendation. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, sometimes when we're not on um, in front of people, <laughs> oh. good story. Come on now. It's just you and me here. It's just you and yeah, me. Yeah, no. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I'll, just, I'll just give you, I, I won Road America in 2006 in touring car in the Audi, and it was our second win. And uh, we, we, we went out with the team, and uh, I remember real-time Acura was not happy that we beat them at their home track. Mm-hmm. And it was a wild, wild night. And it was, you know, we didn't leave. It was yeah. one place. You know, it's just... Um, but good times, you know, the world challenge community, we raced so many years together in the teams, you knew the crew guys, sure. you knew the owners, you knew the drivers, uh, truck drivers, I mean, you're waiting in line together. I mean, I raced from 04 to 2010 every year, almost every race. So you just get the, you're, it's like a family. Yeah. But then you go on track and you know, you're all about you're, you're being competitive. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's it's been I've been very lucky and blessed to do what I was able to do, make a career out of it. Sure. And uh, now I'm focused on the car dealership, family business, and my dad's getting older. And uh, to have the Audis as a to race a couple races, still feel like I'm in the touring car. And right. then the runoffs has been, it's just so neat the way the SEC lays it out and gets everybody together from all over the country. And we used to do it all the time, World Challenge, but you know, of course, it was easier to fly in. Right. You know, we have. We're, I'm actually doing it all myself, but yeah, um, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And STU's become a really neat class in STL because I think people like they can see the car and they know what it is, and they can say, "Hey, I drive that car." Yeah, but it has like the wing and the splitters, and um, and the, the lap times. I like to think that our lap times are pretty impressive for right. the, the oh yeah for the power and weight. I mean, well. I, I always tell people our touring classes are kind of like our old school showroom stock. That's kind of the closest to what you're going to get if you were to show up on the dealership on Monday, pick up a car, throw in a cage and a seat and a, and a steering wheel and and, uh, and and belts and go racing. The super yeah. touring is kind of like our homage to the tuner scene, right? There's a little bit more right. you can do. You, there's some you know bolt-on parts. Um, it, it, the suspensions have got a lot more refinement to them. And, uh, it's kind of how the two types of, of car classes, you know, pan out there. Right. Yeah. No, it is great. Cause we're like the super tour weekend this weekend, we're going to be racing with SDL. Um, lately we've been racing with GT1, GT2, GT3, T1, T2. So, uh, that's tough because T1 cars are faster. T2 cars are about the same speed as us. I mean, it's it's hard to race against T two cars because I think they're heavier, but they make more power, and we handle better. So we kind of we're in each other's way a little bit. But at the end of the day, it is we're ha- we're all happy to be out there, and everybody gives each other room, and we can all load our cars up the same way they rolled off the trailer. I mean, I think it's a good weekend. Yeah, definitely a good so. weekend. So, so what is and how do you get around? Watkins Glen fast. Where are the areas where you can make up some space, some time? Uh, where are the areas that you could just kind of let that part of the track go and you don't have to worry about being quite so precise? What's what's the key to a hot lap at Watkins Glen? Um, I think that there's um, a lot of speed to be had in the bus stop that people don't, people don't realize. Sometimes it uh, depends on the car. 
but at bus stops a lot there's a lot of speed in the bus stop and also i feel like depending on the car and the arrow in the i guess it would be called the toe um it's all uphill and it's amazing how much speed you can carry going in and try to get the power to go up the hill and i think there's the good passing areas there and also for some reason the last two turns the left-hander and the right-hander um Another good friend of mine, a competitor, Randy Popes, showed me, kind of surprised me how fast he was, and I thought he was doing something, you know, of course, we all think you're cheating. No. Turns out, I looked, at, I looked at dating, or I looked at the data, he was just straight fast through those two turns, and I, uh, so there's definitely speed to be had in the last two turns as a combination. Um, I think that the, I don't think people realize how banked Watkins Glen is. Right. And um, and what you camber, you don't have to run because it's literally banked a lot in a lot of places. Got it. So it's just so high speed, you know. It's uh, there's really not a lot of s- slow turns that really get the car woed down to like a second gear. I mean, you're really rolling speed like any track. But I think that those three spots are the most important. Turn one, I think, depends how much track you're allowed to use. There's a lot of speed there, but I think it's pretty common turn there and up the S's. Is- just matter it depends on your car if you can stay flat up the s is important yeah it was interesting there was a there's a little piece in the sups this week about uh track limits and yep. Uh, yep. um uh, people were popping up on facebook questioning the, the the validity of that section of the sups and whether I'm or assuming not turn one yeah I, I don't think it was indicating which parts of the track they were going to call track limits on i think they just put out adhere to track limits um which of course will be, I'm sure, discussed in the drivers' meeting. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on you know talk, like turn one? And I don't know if you had a chance to watch the end of the Indy 500. You saw that whole dragon thing where they were driving yep. right towards the end of pit wall, and everyone was all crazy about that. Um, what, what what's your thoughts? And this will get you out of here. What's your thoughts on track limits and that kind of stuff? Um, I think that that move in Indy was a, a last straw to hold on to the win, but. <laughs> Man, that was like really far inside. Um, I've um, got a simulator in my basement here, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I've <laughs> I've tried, I've tried a couple different tracks and cars on track limits and seeing if there's time to be made. Um, as embarrassing that may sound, yeah. <laughs> apologize to everybody. If I ever race me online, I apologize for that incident. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, I. I think the track, the way it's designed, I don't know if there's a lot of time out there, but maybe turn one might have time. I think that's one of the reasons why they um, have to put a limit on it. Because yeah. otherwise, guys be running out against the guardrail. Right, right. Someone else has said turn eight, and I don't know remember exactly which one is turn eight, because they all have kind of names. Um, uh, so turn eight would most likely be uh, at the heel before going up the hill, most likely. Yeah. Because a lot of guys like to push... They don't even mean to, but they push over the curb, and it kind of hops the curb, and then it finds grip, and it comes back across right before it's a corner of the grass. Right, right. Uh, I think that there's definitely some... Uh, they use some extra pavement out there that yeah. probably should be, you know, but they have it paved. So if they didn't want you to use it, then they probably should have put a curb in and threw some grass down and called it the end of the track. Or a wall. Or, or a wall, which <laughs> it's there. It's just, it's just pushed back. Yeah, exactly been hit too many yeah. times it's been hit too many times <laughs> right 
All right. Before we let yeah. you go, do you have some sponsors, family, friends you want to thank before we head out? Yeah, I just want to thank Warwick Auto Parks, my family on business. We're in a pre-owned car dealership with service and sales, um, which is you know, helps do everything we need to do. Hoosier Tire has been fantastic over the years. Uh, Rook's Helmets has been supporting me since friends of mine from the Dominican Republic. In fact, my helmet got painted custom in a DR by another friend of mine, and it's going to be the first race this weekend being brought out. Still smells like paint. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, MCS shocks have been great. Um, and basically, Carbotech. Carbotech brakes have been, they've had my back and supported me since Spec Miata days. Um, and uh, I bought a T3 Mustang just to tinker and play with. And first thing I did is made sure I had brakes to keep me stopping, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a support system. You set, you hit it right on the head. It's helping each other. And, and, uh, uh, you know, finishing second, I'm, I'm very thankful, um, worked hard for it. And, uh, but man, you got it. I want one step up, one more step. I'll keep trying. I'm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. It's like I, I almost want you to keep getting seconds so you keep coming back, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what, though? I don't think you guys can get – I don't think the SEC can get rid of me. It's been 20, over 25 years. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Brian, thank you so much for having me. Uh, no, we appreciate you coming on and, and helping out. Good luck this weekend, and uh, uh, we'll catch up with you at the runoffs, and uh, we'll see how that, how that, Audi, how that Audi runs and, and see if we can get to that one more step up on the podium. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to it. If the runoffs are Road America, we're going to Seepkins, right? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, no question, no question. I got some stories right. I can tell you too that uh, I probably shouldn't do on the stream as well. So, oh uh, come on, we have time. I know it's just the two of us, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll just say I walked in one night with and uh, uh, during uh, IndyCar weekend, and sitting in a corner was a guy named Newman a guy named Hobbs and a guy named Haas. And we just sat there and listened to them talk. And uh, it's like, I, I got goosebumps just, just thinking about it. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. It's those glorious places like that. So very, very cool. All right, Chip, thanks again. Hang with us and we'll, uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you on the stream this weekend. So good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, bud. Uh, Thanks, Brian. We want to remind everybody that the uh, the live stream on uh, the SECA official um, uh, YouTube channel is going to be up all weekend. It's going to be Greg Ginsburg and Larry Lefty McLeod. Uh, he's going to be doing all of the work uh, this weekend. I have uh, my my teenagers graduating from high school, so I will not be doing the broadcast this weekend. It'll be Larry and Greg. So I'll be back for Road America. Can't wait for that. And uh, listen to that stream. It'll be uh, qualifying on Friday, uh, racing on Saturday and Sunday, just like we always do up there. And uh, be sure to check that out on the SCCA official face, uh, um, YouTube channel. And, uh, and all of that will be there as well. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of Inside the SCCA. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and seeing, subscribe to the Racing Wire podcast network and the racing network on youtube also be great if you leave a comment especially a good one you can follow us on social media to find out who our next guest is and leave questions on twitter uh it's at racing wirenet there's a new inside the scca every week i'm brian balanski have a fantastic weekend stay safe and go play with cards <laughs>